Hey everybody and welcome to the Conservative Voice Show, a show where conservatives have a voice in the media. Um, I'd like to start out with today by just saying that our thoughts and our prayers are with the people of Louisiana and Texas as they brace for Hurricane Delta. Unfortunately, the Gulf has been battered by storms this year, so hopefully it's not too bad for them. So as you go about your day, in the next few days, just make sure you keep Louisiana and Texas in your prayers. So I want to start off by saying I don't know what anybody else's weather's like that's watching this. But here in South Carolina, the weather has been ridiculous. And what I mean by that is that we go from one week having temperatures in like the mid-60s, lows in like the mid-50s, to yesterday I was going on my run and it was like 92 degrees outside. Like, come on. Give me a break. But enough of that rant. Uh, today, I'm just going to go over. We'll cover some news that happened. Trump being stating that he may be ready for a rally this weekend. Obviously, Nancy Pelosi and her 25th Amendment legislation fiasco. I don't know what else you can really call it. We'll go over some tweets between uh, Steve Scully and... Anthony Scaramucci, um, and then we'll end with the big news, I guess the bigger news in my opinion for today was that a bunch of people were arrested for trying to, or allegedly attempting and planning to kidnap the governor of Michigan, and so there's a lot to cover, and we'll just dive straight into it. Trump has been tweeting, starting yesterday, that there's a good chance that um, he may hold a rally sometime this weekend, whether it be in Florida or Pennsylvania or wherever. Um, his doctors and the White House doctors stating that he should be non-contagious after the um, mandatory quarantine that he's been in and that Saturday of this week marks that date. Obviously, I'm not a doctor. I don't know if he should be doing that. I'm not sure if that's the best move for him. I will say though that it is in the height of the election and in the height of the campaign. And so having the ability to go out and meet with constituents and go out and rally and continue to do the campaign is still very vital to obviously Trump's campaign and his agenda that you can beat the coronavirus and not to live your life scared of it. So him doing that is keeping with the Trump agenda and what he's been saying all along. So yesterday on the show, I briefly mentioned how the Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Congressman Jamie Raskin had released that today they would be talking about a committee or some form of legislature in regards to the 25th Amendment. Earlier today, Nancy Pelosi released what that would be and that they plan on creating a commission which would consist of 16 members appointed by both the Republican and Democrat leaders, eight of which would, which eight of those would be medical professionals and eight would be previous executive branch officials, i.e. former presidents, vice presidents, attorney generals, and so on like that. So during this conference, Nancy Pelosi tries to say that it's not about Donald Trump, it's not about his health, and it's about future presidents and ensuring that they're upholding their constitutional duties. So 
Here's a clip of Nancy Pelosi being Nancy Pelosi stating that it's actually not about Donald Trump. As he introduces legislation to establish a commission on presidential capacity to discharge the duties and the powers and duties of the office. This is not about President Trump. He will face the judgment of the voters. But he, he shows the need for us to create a process for future presidents. President's fitness for office must be determined by science and facts. This legislation applies to future presidents, but we are reminded of the necessity of action by the health of the current president. With this bill, the Congress honors our oath to support and defend the Constitution and protect the American people. Because yes, Nancy Pelosi, please continue to tell me how you have upheld your constitutional duties and you feel that it is your responsibility and Congress's responsibility to uphold the Constitution. I have a really hard time listening to someone who quotes the Constitution but has constantly threatened to dismantle it and violate it year after year. So, with all that being said, it raises the question that if it's not about President Trump, what is the cause of this? Um, do they believe secretly that Sleepy Joe and Joe Biden is unfit for presidency? We've seen his rants. We've seen his outbreaks. His inability to create cognitive function and sentences and his overall just disintegrating demeanor. So is it over, what's the overall goal for the Democrats? Um, I think it's twofold, honestly. I think one, that it brings in a good question right before the election of Trump's ability to discharge his office, whether that's true or not, which we all know that it's not. They may be able to pick up a few additional votes on the idea that because he got the coronavirus and is now trying to go out after the quarantine, then he's in some way physically unfit to discharge his duties. Um, but I think even more so, we've time and time again, we've heard them refer to it as the Harris-Biden administration. This could pave the way for the Democrats to remove Joe Biden from office once he's elected, and then now place radical Kamala Harris at the helm of our nation. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes and then their implementation and execution of that legislative action and how it goes through the House. Um, of course, the media is always there to back them. Uh, Lisa McCarl from the New York Times reports that just weeks before the November 3rd election, Pelosi, and Trump, Pelosi said Trump needs to disclose more about his health after his COVID-19 diagnosis, she noted Trump's strange tweet, in quote, halting talks on the new coronavirus aid package. He subsequently tried to reverse course and said Americans need to know when exactly he contracted COVID as others in the White House became infected. On Friday, she plans to roll out the legislation that would launch the commission for review. Halting talks on the COVID aid package? Well, yeah. That's because Nancy and her House Democrats try to add everything in the kitchen sink into the bill. How about we give relief to those in need and not every Democratic-backed organization in America? Second, she needs to know when the president contracted the virus. 
come on, give me a break. Like, he's the president of the United States. He's campaigning. He still is a person. Still goes out and does his day-to-day life. People who are just conducting their day-to-day business are still becoming infected. Where he became infected is not of the greatest importance. The greatest important question is, is the president okay? Is the president able to discharge his duties? And then where are we going to go as a country from here? So last night, Steve Scully, who is said to be the moderator for the second debate, tweeted a reply to Anthony Scaramucci. So Anthony Scaramucci tweeted, ignore. He is having a hard enough time. Some more bad stuff is about to go down. Steve Scully then responded, at Scaramucci, should I ignore Trump? With the second debate just around the corner, the ability for the proud Stephen Scully to be non-biased in the debate has clearly come into question. So, today, Scully is now claiming that his Twitter account was hacked and that he never posted or intended to post the tweet between him and Scaramucci. However, some are speculating that the tweet was actually meant to be a DM or private message to Scaramucci. Who knows? Or if he just typed in the wrong space. Nevertheless, how does the Commission for Presidential Debates allow this to be a thing? How many partisan hacks are we going to have as moderators in the debate? I can only see one answer to this. And regardless of my political affiliation, we have to think of the integrity of the debates and then obviously the unbiasedness of the moderators who are moderating the debate, which has historically not been a thing. So I can only see one answer and that it's, he needs to be removed from the moderator in the debate and a new moderator needs to be chosen. And a new moderator needs to be chosen um, for two reasons. If he did not originate the tweet, then who did? What national security and or physical security risks does Scully now pose to both the candidate's safety but the integrity of the debates as well? Secondly, if Scully was the one who originated the tweet and it was meant for Scaramucci, then he has clearly demonstrated that he will not be an unbiased moderator in the debate and he's unfit for moderation. Ask anyone who knows me, I don't always defend Trump. I'm a critic of both his character and his personal actions. But when it, but when is he going to get a fair shake at the debate when it comes to moderators? Just last week, we saw Chris Wallace become a member of the debate stage and continuously harass the president over hard questions while playing softball with Joe Biden and the questions that he asked. He never once held Biden's feet to the fire and forced him to answer a hard question. And now, days before the second debate, we have the moderator of the debate tweeting, should I ignore Trump? How is the commission going to allow this to happen? I truly don't understand it. I don't get why they continuously do allow this. Um, I've said for a long time, talking to my friends and, and my wife, that if we're going to have a CNN news anchor or a 
left any person on the left side of the aisle be it a moderator then why don't we change the format which the commission's already doing and already thinking about doing instead of having one moderator have two moderators one from each side of the aisle or one from cnn one from fox or that is there to check the moderator to hold each other accountable so therefore when one starts to become biased the other one can fact check them and hold them accountable for the questions that are being asked. So on to what I think is probably the biggest news and no news coverage besides, unfortunately, CNN is giving it much headline news. Yesterday, the Department of Justice, the FBI, and some local officials with inside Michigan arrested several individuals for a plot to kidnap and possibly kill the governor of Michigan, Gretch Richmond. So yesterday she also held a press, the governor of Michigan held a press conference where she released that the, that the FBI and the local officials had arrested those individuals of a militia group who had planned to kidnap and possibly kill her. So here's a clip of Governor Richmore um, and her statements regarding those arrests. Earlier today, Attorney General Dana Nessel was joined by officials from the Department of Justice and the FBI to announce state and federal charges against 13 members of two militia groups who were preparing to kidnap and possibly kill me. When I put my hand on the Bible and took the oath of office 22 months ago, I knew this job would be hard. Okay, so there was Governor Gretch Whitmer um, announcing that the arrest had been made in the plot to kidnap and possibly kill her. I will go on record right now saying that no matter who you are, no matter what political affiliation you have, what side of the aisle you are, or on your sex, race, creed, domestic terrorists and white supremacists are bad, are terrible people, and should be arrested when there are plots to commit overt act of violence against people. What I will not agree with is blaming that those acts are directly related to President Trump and that it is Trump's fault for those militia members trying to kidnap her. It is absolutely wrong and inexcusable by the governor. After time and time again, President Trump has gone on record denouncing white supremacists, denouncing terrorists, and the fact of the matter that they still try to push the issue that he supports them is inexcusable. So here is a clip of Governor Gretch Whitmer blaming this specifically on President Trump and that their plot to kidnap her is his fault. In this operation, when our leaders speak, their words matter. They carry weight. When our leaders meet with, encourage, or fraternize with domestic terrorists, they legitimize their actions and they are complicit. What? Are you kidding me? The President of the United States is complicit in domestic terrorists and militia groups? Give me a break. Give me a freaking break. 
But of course, the media ran with this. In an article written in the New York Times by Nicholas Bogue Burgos, sorry, Nicholas Bogue Burrows, Shayla Dawin, and Kathleen Gray say Miss Whitmore and Dana Nessels, the Michigan Attorney General, tied the extremist plot to comments from the president, from President Trump, and his refusal at times, including last week in his debate with former President Joseph R. Biden Jr., to condemn white supremacists and violent right-wing groups. But what they what they what they refuse to say is that earlier in their piece they give the timeline for or rough timeline of the extremists' plans and what they were doing leading up to the plot to kidnap um, Governor Richin. So in the same article earlier in the piece, it is said that the group that planned the kidnapping met repeatedly, repeatedly repeatedly over the summer for firearms training and combat drills and practiced building explosives, the FBI said. Members also gathered several times to discuss the mission, including the basement of a shop that was accessible only through a trap door under a rug. The men spied on Miss Whitmore's vacation home in August and September. August and September. The presidential debate were not until October. So blaming the president and his, what they're calling his inability to denounce white supremacists in the debates against Joe Biden is factually untrue. Factually untrue. Nonetheless, in multiple CNN articles, they offered several underhand comments regarding the president and what they perceived as his inability to condemn those white supremacists. The White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany, McEnany released a statement on Thursday saying, President Trump has continually condemned white supremacists and all forms of hate. Governor Whitmore is sowing division by making these outlandish allegations. America stands united against hate and in support of our federal law enforcement who stopped this plot. Which is true. It's true. It is 100% true. Over and over, time and time again, the president has denounced white supremacists and terrorist organization. But it's not enough for them. It will never be enough for them. The gaslighting by the, by the media and the left to state that President Trump is somehow complicit and supportive of white supremacists and far right-winged radicals is overwhelming and absolutely absurd. What do I think the overall like outcome of all this is going to be? I think it's going to be negligible. I think that people who want to vote for Donald Trump are going to vote for him. And that this doesn't really change anything going into the election. I said yesterday that I think that the Pence and Harris, um, the Pence and Harris debate did very, very well for the Trump campaign. And as long as Trump takes that note from Pence's playbook, it could go very, very well for him as long as he attacks Biden and Harris's policies and not necessarily their character actions and continues to, when they try to attack his character and make it about his character, not about his policy, push it back onto the Biden policy that it could be very, very well for them. 
and that moving forward, hopefully in those battleground states, we can see that change and an incline in Trump's numbers. So as you all know, we're just now getting the show started and it's going awesome. It's been fun. Episode two is nearly to a close. I just want to say that you can now find us on Spotify at the Conservative Voice Show. And we're currently working on Apple Podcasts and Pandora. We're waiting on them to approve the podcast. And once they do, you'll be able to find us on there as well. So that's it for today. It'll be interesting nonetheless to see the impacts going forward. And obviously the debates going forward and what Scully's impact and his tweets are going to be. Nancy Pelosi and her 25th Amendment debacle going forward is. So tune in tomorrow for another episode. And thank you for watching The Conservative Voice.